Vera Payne. People who've recently left the workforce are starting to realize that they made a mistake in switching their jobs. Joining me to explain why is author and workplace consultant, George Nagel. Thanks for joining me, George. Thank you for having me on, Mason. I appreciate your time. So let me know, how long has the great resignation been going on? It seems like it's only been for a few months. Oh, no, this kicked off in 2021 when people started to really see the massive trend with it, just from the standpoint of there was a lag with COVID and a lot of unknowns. And the addition of stress from COVID started to really build up on people. So the great resignation actually has two really massive parts. The first part are the people that were close to retirement or already considering it, just hanging it up. And then the other part was once those people hung it up, there was a lot more force put on the other people that were still there. And then they endured more additional stress and they just started jumping ship. The latter part really have circulated back into the working world. They've just left their company. What other reasons people wanted to leave their job? I know being overworked was one of them, but are there any other ones that don't seem so obvious? The really obvious one was people jumping for money and finding those other opportunities within companies that were hiring because they were hemorrhaging people. The other big thing that we're hearing a lot about in the more recent time of the great resignation are people that had started to have a little bit of a normalcy in a work life balance by not having to go into an office and suddenly being recalled back into the office, even with the demonstration that they were being as productive, if not a little bit more productive, working remotely. When you say it like that, I think to myself, man, it's really obvious why people are leaving. Work-life balance, salary, they're being overworked. Some people don't want to go back to the office. They'd rather stay at home. Obviously, all of the signs are right there. Why are companies not attempting to try to keep their staff intact if we all can see the reasons why they're leaving? So it comes back to what we've always done is where we're most comfortable. When we are forced out of our comfort zones, our natural tendency is to want to get back them as soon as possible to get things back to status quo. That lack of foresight and listening to people is where companies that are really forcing the issue, regardless of who they are, are going to find a paradigm shift in the people that they have. And those companies that are listening and finding ways to work with their staff and their employees and encourage true creativity and innovation, they're going to come out of this the shining stars. But it really comes back to, well, that's what we're used to. That's what we've always done. That's what the generation before us did. What people need to understand is we've seen more change in the last decade than we did in the prior 150 years. So change isn't going to go away. and It's only going to intensify. I like that because you're right. Change doesn't go away. It definitely stays there, including the decisions you make. Now, some of the people have said they regretted leaving their jobs. Can you explain why that is? I mean, if you weren't happy before, you should be happier now, right? You would think that that would apply, but here's where most of the people that are regretting their job change come into play. Most of them change jobs for the sole reason of money. Money, it's one of seven things that constantly are influencing us, but it is the one that short circuits our thought process the most. It's not even close in in the influence that it has. And when people made those changes, 
and jumped for money and because they were already experiencing more work, what they didn't do was a better process of understanding what they were signing up for. And then you add on top of that, some companies are kind of hyping up the positions and not really fully disclosing all of the things that are going to happen. We have seen people that are not happy describing they've been there for two weeks and they feel like they're doing the job responsibilities of somebody that's been there for 10 years and they're not given any guidance. If you do remote work, that's going to be even harder to get the guidance you need because it's not like you can just go down the hallway and ask questions, right? That's right. And when companies are shorthanded and they're really just bringing bodies in, they certainly aren't going to be investing time in a true onboarding process and getting people up to speed. There are several different factors, but the biggest one for a new person coming on board is the culture language and just understanding when somebody says X, Y, Z, well, what does that actually mean inside? Because I know what it means outside, but what does it mean inside the culture of the company? And a lot of confusion happens. And that confusion, all it really does is end up costing the company money that they can't even tangibly understand. Now, I know that for some people, it may take you a certain amount of time to kind of figure out your place within a company. Mm -hmm. You gave the example of two weeks. Uh, but I know me personally, I, I don't like throwing in the towel unless I have at least four months or six months commitment, because sometimes mm -hmm. I'm a little bit slow to catch up to things. Do you think people need to wait a little bit longer before they throw in the towel? So it, it is absolutely up to the individual. But what I usually would recommend is one to three months. Now, I do put a caveat on that time frame. The caveat is this. If you can go in and honestly say that you gave it a fair shot, that you were open-minded, that you were present to what was being asked of you, and really try to let go of, one, being right, and two, of what your prior experiences have been, and try to envelop yourself in what's happening, one to three months is probably a pretty good time frame for you to understand if it's a fit or not. In addition to that, there's a skill that comes out of being able to recognize not being a fit and taking action on it. And if I were going into an interview with a, a, a new company and they said, hey, what's the skill set that you have? Or they say, hey, why did you jump so quickly? My answer would be, I recognize that it wasn't a good cultural fit for me. And when I recognized that problem, I took immediate action to fix it so that I wasn't losing time, and the company I was working for also wasn't losing time by trying to build me up and add skill sets or anything like that so that they're not wasting money. And I can tell you right now, Mason, one of the biggest skill sets out there, it's like number four or five on the list that, that companies are looking for, are people that can recognize problems and then actually make a plan for that problem and then, most importantly, execute it. I love that response because I was just thinking when you were talking, how could you actually explain that on your resume, that I was only at a job for three months? Or if you leave it blank, you did nothing for three months, right? So that's actually really smart to sit there and say, kind of put it back on yourself saying, oh, I, I, I didn't want to waste their time. I didn't want to waste my time. And we both needed to move forward without each other. That is that is a smart thing to, to put out there. Well, you know, it, it comes back to... If you were truly honest with yourself and you were open, if if you go to an employer and you say that to them and they recognize the value, because there's a ton of value right there, in that ability, then the chances are that that's going to actually be a phenomenal fit for you because that means that they're willing to accept a different perspective 
and way to view it that's tangible. So it's not just fluff and hyperbole of, of looking at it a different way. It's actual tangible perspective that they can actually use and implement in what they're trying to do, because chances are that's a pretty innovative company. Okay, so let's say you did decide to leave the job that you just got. How do you not repeat your mistakes? What can you look and research to know that the next company is the one you're going to stay at for at least a few years? So it comes down to are, why are you leaving, right? So that's that internal perspective. But then the, the, the next aspect of it comes down to really understanding that an interview is a two-way street. You are interviewing them as much as they are interviewing you. If a company is on that wavelength with you and understands it, but they don't actually give you an opportunity to ask real questions, I wouldn't be walking out the door. I'd be running as fast as I possibly could because that's a huge red flag that it's probably not a good fit for you. The next thing I would do is ask two very distinct questions about the position. And these both assume it's not an entry-level position. The first question is, why aren't you filling this position internally? And you don't want a wishy-washy answer. You want something that's very concrete on exactly why that's not happening. And then the second question is, tell me the turnover rate for your department. It doesn't have to be specifically for that one position, but for the entire department. That answer should be a number. If they say, I don't know, that's a red flag to me because that means they honestly aren't giving you an honest answer or if they really don't know, that's a sign that they're turning over so often that they're not even able to track it. Wow. Okay. So let's say they do give you a number and it's a really low number. Like, oh, okay, not a, that's not a big turnover rate at all, but they're lying. Can you research it on your own? Like, how would you find that information? So it's hard to actually get any of that type of information with the exception of going to like looking at like Glassdoor or things like that. Something that I had done previously in a, it feels like almost another life now. I called some employees that actually work at the company just trying to understand the culture and would have a discussion of, hey, how often are you guys switching out employees? And they can kind of give you a sense, but at the same time, they're not going to disclose anything. They're going to be a little bit on their guard with what they're saying just from a libelous standpoint. But getting that information is really difficult. And the other thing I would give as a caution to sites like Glassdoor those individuals that are filling out those types of forms tend to be jaded. It's the thing about surveys and filling out forms. People that do them on a regular basis tend to have a gripe. There's something negative usually influencing them to do it. Unless they've had such a fantastic experience, then they just really want to shout at the rooftops and support. But when it's the glass door type things, it tends to be to the negative than the positive. I've noticed that too. You either, you can go to a forum and look up a company and you can find there's either really five out of five stars or there's one out of five stars. There's hardly anything in the middle. It's either people have a really good time at this place or, you know, it's somebody who got fired and they just want to burn down. The, there is some insight that you can get from that, right? So if, if somebody fills out a thing and, and gives a, a true reason why, and it's not just all griping, there's probably some value to that. And then the other part of it, Mason, as we were talking you have to understand what your personality type is like and see if you can't find reviews that are a little bit more akin to that. If you're a little bit more introverted and you like 
doing the same thing over and over again and, and have a real mastery of it, and the position is in sales and you have to be really, really changeable, yeah, that's probably not a great fit. But you want to look at some of the comments and understand the why of what they're saying. Well, George, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate you being here. And for those listening, where can they find more information about you? Go to ideationemporium.com. There you'll find several different things out about what we do in creative ideation. You'll also find a link to my book right on the front page, Miserable at Work, Why You Don't Have to Be. This has been the Mason Vera Payne Show. Thanks for listening. Can't wait to hear more? Head to WGNRadio.com for exclusive content by Mason. Also, follow Mason on Facebook and Twitter at Mason Vera Payne. That's all one word. And don't forget to share the show with your friends.